certainly good to see you this morning, and I hope that you enjoyed a wonderful Christmas. And of course, following Christmas, uh, we get ready for the new year. And as we stand on the precipice of a new year, there are many things that are challenging us and facing us. Uh, Some of the war clouds loom over our world today. Uh, We have great difficulties in our own nation. Uh, We've probably never seen a time like this as uh, we've had so many of our leaders who have not been true to their calling and to their election and who have not really tried to serve for the good of the country. We have uh, uh, some unbelievable crimes that are taking place in our world. And uh, as the Bible says, in the last days, evil shall wax worse and worse. And indeed, it is. But you know what? In the midst of that, God has a word for us. And I want us to think about that this morning. Um, It's a wonderful portion of Scripture. I I always uh, look at it sometime during the holiday season. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 43, where God speaks to us about uh, our ability to just simply rest in him and look to him no matter what the future does hold Isaiah prophesies now thus says the Lord that created you O Jacob and he that formed you O Israel fear not for I have redeemed you I have called you by your name you are mine When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Well, obviously, uh, he was speaking to the people of Israel then. But I believe those same truths come echoing down the centuries of time and can be claimed by all of us as well. So let's look at uh, God's promise concerning the new year. The first thing that God uh, makes us aware of is of the people that he has. Uh, You see, uh, we are God's people and uh, we are really his people and he shows us how thoroughly we are his people here. First of all, he says that we are his by creation. Uh, He says, I have created you. And as you have probably said sometime in your life, God makes no mistakes. When God uh, created you and when God chose for you to come into the world, he had a wonderful plan for you. And uh, you can know that plan, even though you may have failed up until this very moment. You can still know the remnants of it by simply looking to him. But we're not uh, his only by creation. We're also his by redemption. He says, I have redeemed you. One of my favorite stories is about a little boy uh, who lived... Uh, away from any uh, body of water. He never had seen a real river, never had seen the ocean. But he loved boats. He just had a fascination for them. And so 
His daddy said, son, we're going to be going down to Florida where you're going to see more water than you've ever seen. And uh, I wondered if you would like for you and uh, I together to, uh, to build you a special sailboat. He said, oh, daddy, I'd love that. I'd love it. And so uh, for several weeks as they were awaiting their time to make a trip to Florida, they worked on that. They cut it out and they sandpapered it and mom fixed some of the sails that they could attach to that little boat and he was so excited and uh, when uh, they finished with it he couldn't wait to check it out and he went to the bathtub and filled up uh, with water and sailed it a little bit there and then he got a big old wash tub and put it in the backyard and sailed it there but there was really not any place where you could really give it a test but uh, his uh, dad said, son, you just wait. You're going to have a lot of water in just a few weeks. So when the day came and they made their trip to Florida, uh, they stayed in a little uh, town by the coast, a very small town. And they uh, had a very nice place to stay in the motel there. And so uh, he could just hardly wait to see that big ocean that his dad had been telling them about. And so Sure enough, when they went down for the first time to see the ocean, he saw that massive beach there, and then he saw in the distance there this huge bodies of water just rolling up in the waves that washed ashore. And he said, oh, Daddy, i got to get down there. His dad said, now, son, let me, let me tell you something now. Be, be careful when you get there because there's a... Uh, a, a lot of strength in those waves and there's an undertow that can pull you out and uh, he said oh dad I'll be real careful can I take my boat with me and he said well son you may but just keep it up close to the uh, uh, shore when you when you sail it or get away from you and uh, so he went out and he saw that massive uh, body of water and he he placed his little boat in it and it was sort of sloshed around but he was enjoying it and uh, he looked back to see if his mom and dad were watching him and he noticed that they were lying there on the beach sort of sunning and uh, so he wanted them to see how his little boat was doing and he ran up there to, to get them to look and as he got back down his little boat was drifting way on out and he stood there helplessly not knowing what he could do and watched in the distance as that little boat he loved so much was gone. Vacation was ruined for him. He didn't even want to go back down to the beach or to the water with some of the family members. And so one day uh, uh, as they were awaiting the time to go back home, he sort of uh, walked through the little town looking around a little bit and uh, his feet were shifting. He was very unhappy and he came to a store that said pawn shop and uh, he looked in the window and then he looked more closely. There was a, a boat there, a lot like his. And he got up close to the window and began to look. He said, that's my boat, that's my boat. And he ran into the store and said, mister, that's my boat in the window, that's my boat. Oh, sir, I thought it was gone. I, I want it. And he said, well, son, I'm sorry There's someone else brought that boat in here and uh, they uh, let me uh, give them $20 and they're supposed to come back by noon tomorrow and if they, 
if they do, you know, I'll just have to give that boat back to them. And, but if they don't, you, you could get uh, some money and you could come and, and you could get it. And he said, how much money? And the man said, it's $20 that he hawked it for. And the little boy went running home and said, Dad, Dad, I, I found my boat. I found my boat. And he said, son, what are you talking about? He said, Daddy, it's in the window of that place called a pawn shop. And his dad went down, and he saw that, sure enough, that was the boat that they had made. Well, the little boy could hardly walk, wait till the next day. And finally, around noon, he and his dad went down to that pawn shop. And sure enough, the man said uh, it had not been picked up. And so he said, you may have it, but the charge will be $20. And uh, his dad gladly paid that. And uh, the little boy uh, took that boat, sort of nursed it in his arms like it was a little pet or a little baby even. And he said, little boat, little boat, you are mine. I, I, I made you once uh, and I bought you back again. Now, folks, he gave a wonderful definition of redemption, didn't he? That's exactly what God has done for us. He made us once. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. That's what the scripture tells us. And he bought us back again in the Lord Jesus Christ. So indeed, we are his not only by creation, but we are also his by redemption. But not only are we his by redemption, we are his also by election. I don't know if Alan Adams is here, but he'd love this if he is. Uh, uh, God says, I have chosen you. Did it ever occur to you that you didn't come to Jesus because you were that smart? I didn't either. No, no one did. God had to wake us up, and through his spirit, he drew us, and he even gave us the ability to say yes to him. We are his by creation and redemption, and we are his by election as well. But we're also his by personal knowledge. Uh, I used to uh, preach in uh, Indiana when I was a student at the seminary. I was called to a little church uh, up in Madison, Indiana, in a German community called Volga. And we had some unusual experiences there. And one of the things I remember most of all is that there were three or four families that each had over a dozen children. Boy, on days when they all came, we had a good attendance. <laughs> on other days, it was down. Uh, Andy wasn't living there in those days, but uh, there were some big, uh, big uh, families as well. So uh, one of those families was named Hatton, the Hatton family. And they had, I believe, 12 children. And uh, Mrs. Hatton was sort of the, you know, the leader of the family. Her husband wasn't real, real faithful. And uh, she was, and the children came to, to church. And uh, she was just a wonderful person. They really had a fine family. And in those days, uh, there were censuses taken, just like they are today, except they were done in a lot different manner. The uh, census taker would come to your door personally, and he would sit down with you and get information from you. So uh, Mr. and Miss Hatton was sitting in the living room 
uh, with a census taker, and she was answering most of the questions. And, and so uh, after he had asked a few questions, he said, Now, now uh, children, uh, how many do you have? And she said, Now, there's Johnny, and there's James, and there's Susan. There's he said, No, 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 not the names, the number. She said, My children don't have numbers. To God, you are not a number. You're his by personal knowledge. So, in this new year, God has those people, those that are chosen by him and created by him and redeemed by him and personally known by him. But God also tells us that in the new year, there will be a special pathway that he has. Not just the people he has, but a pathway for his people. And uh, he says that that pathway could be a very severe one. He said, when you go through the fire, or he said, when you go through the waters, I'll be with you and I'll protect you even then. But you see, uh, he didn't say we would be exempted because we're Christians. A lot of the preaching that comes today uh, says once you come to Jesus, you have no more problems, you have plenty of money, you have a nice place to live, and all of that. But that's not what the Scriptures teach. There can be, for any of us in this approaching new year, a very severe path that we will tread. He also reminds us that it's a sure path. For he didn't say, if you pass through the waters. He didn't say, if you pass through the fire. He said, when you pass through the waters or through the fire. He assures us that even in those times when there are great difficulties and great adversities and great trials and great temptations, that he's still going to be with us. That pathway is a very sure pathway, and uh, there will be those times when there are obstacles for every single one of us. But he also says that is a sovereign pathway. He says, I will. God oftentimes wills for you to go through the difficulties. Now, we may not like that, but a part of his plan for our lives is that we have some struggles so that we will learn some things in the midst of that. So uh, the pathway he has can be a sure one, and it certainly can be a severe one, and it certainly is a, a sovereign one. God is in charge. God knows what you're facing. God knows what you're going through, even right now, no matter what trial is yours. But then he goes on and shows us not only the people that God has and the pathway that God has, but he also reminds us of the promise that God has for us. God says here, right here in his word, that I am going to be with you. No matter what, I am going to be with you. Many of us love that scripture in the book of Hebrews where God says, I will not, I will not ever leave you or forsake you. A young pastor had gone to his first church out of seminary, 
He was still fresh from studying the Hebrew language as well as the Greek language. And he was trying to show off a little bit of his learning. And he said to his people there, this verse here says, uh, it's an intense uh, translation. And the intensity of it uh, in the Hebrew is translated by repeating it. And so he says, God says to you, I will not, I will not, no, I will not ever leave you or forsake you. One lady said, huh, God may have to say it three times for you young guys, but said once is enough for me. Yes, God has promised, he certainly, on the basis of his word, that he will never leave us or forsake us. So they're the people that God has created. There's the pathway that God has allowed. There's the uh, promise that God gives them to us. But there's one other thing I'd like for you to see here. There is God's purpose in all of this. God has a purpose. So what is his purpose? Very simply, God wants to build you into a stronger believer. He wants you to be a strong Christian. He wants you to be one of those that can contribute for good in this world and that can be one who can rightly give a positive influence to others. So, how does God do about, go about this? First of all, he says, I want you to be dependent upon me. Uh, all of us have heard that, that wonderful scripture where Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And then what does he say? He says, Take my yoke upon you. Those of you who had the privilege of being grown up uh, in the country, you know what a yoke is. You know, a yoke was used for ox, uh, uh, and, uh, oxen, it was used for other animals that could be uh, tied together, as it were, so that their power would be given a loan to each other when it was needed. And so that's exactly what our Savior is saying to us. Come and tie yourself up to me. I'll be willing to be your strength. I will be your power. Also, he wants us to be a people who are very confident, uh, uh, God says, uh, in quietness and in confidence, I will give my strength to you. I was talking to a man last night, and he said, you know, uh, God just has recently spoken to me that we, we stand so, uh, we stay so busy now in our days, and information is right at our fingertips. We can call up anything on the little phone we carry around in our pocket, but God, he said, is showing me that I need to just take some time to be quiet with him and give him opportunity to speak unto me. And I think that's exactly what God wants. He gives us his confidence, for he says, in quietness and confidence will be your strength. Also, God wants his people to learn patience. Uh, he has told us in his word, that the Lord waits that he might be gracious unto you. Now, uh, a lot of us here are senior citizens, and we know 
that God never gets in a hurry. God in his uh, magnificence continues to move, but he's not ever hurried about anything. And a lot of those things that you and I used to get so uptight about when we were younger, we've learned to just wait. And if we wait on God and look to him, God will bring to our lives everything that is needed, and he will give us everything we need to make it through those times. Also, uh, God wants us to learn sympathy. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies, who comforts us in our distresses that we might be able to comfort others with the same comfort by which we have been comforted of God. Comfort means strength with, and God loves to give us his strength, and he wants us to learn how we can gather that unto ourselves. He also wants us to learn humility. In the book of Isaiah, God speaks and he says, With whom shall I dwell? Says the high and holy one that inhabits eternity. And then he answers, With him who is of a humble and contrite spirit. God resists the proud. Men who love football, that word resist means God stiff arms the proud. But God gives grace unto the humble. So when you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will indeed lift you up. He also wants us to learn faithfulness. And one of the great scriptures that every one of us have been blessed by says, He who began a good work in you shall bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. As we learn these things in the new year, we'll come to the end of next year much stronger, much more faithful, and much more joyful people.